Heavenly Father, we are just uh, struck by that truth of just your, your, uh, how you communicated to your disciples and, and to us as well, just that in John 15, just your desire for us to uh, remain in you and for your words to remain in us, God. And, um, and so, Lord, we just, uh, we want to, sometimes we're not uh, remaining in you, sometimes we're not uh, relying on you and trusting you. So, Lord, help us if we're, uh, if we've, if we've uh, been hesitant or even forgetful of just our need to be leaning into you and to resting in you and trusting you for the things that are going on in our lives. And so, Lord, we also just know that um, many in our in our families and in our church family here just need your healing touch today. They. They need to know your nearness in many ways, God. And, and so we pray for uh, physical healing for those that need it, God. And we pray, God, for sustaining grace for those that need help persevering, God. Um, to, to continue to follow you, to continue to trust you with what you're doing in their lives. And Lord, help us uh, to be there supporting them in prayer and supporting them in meeting physical needs as we can. And so, Lord, we are um, uh, also just um, just reminded that uh, you are here with us right now. Your Spirit's here, uh, and we're gathering together in the name of Jesus. And so, Father, we ask that you would um, just work in our hearts this morning. Lord, we, we want to be yielded to you. We want to be a people who are quick to obey. We're quick to listen, quick to obey, and Lord, we... We want to be faithful. God, we, we want to hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. And Lord, we just ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're starting a new series today. It's, it's going to go four weeks. Uh, and then that, after that, then we're going to start into Advent, going into the book of Luke. And we will be spending a long time, a good long time, I'm sure we'll pray, break it up a little bit, in the book of Luke. We're going to be covering the book of Luke starting with Advent going into next year. So looking forward to that. Um, and so, uh, but, but for these four weeks, we're going to be looking at some of the parables that Jesus told, um, stories with a point. Um, and today's story has to do with, uh, is, is, in the, is in the midst of a series of parables. And oftentimes you'll see the series of these parables fit together um, some of them say similar things. Some of them say, uh, you know, say a little bit more than the last parable. Um, but uh, we're going to be in Matthew. Um, we'll be actually in Matthew 25 today. But I'm going to actually start off talking a little bit about uh, some of the background here that we're going to need before we get to what's known as the parable of the talents. Uh, so we'll end up in Matthew 25, verse 14. Uh, but we need to kind of take a look here um, that see what some of these uh, messages are before this. Uh, so it's, but I, I assure you we're not doing you know, four sermons in one today. I'm sure you're glad to hear that. Of course, we don't have a leaders meeting, so we could keep going. You know. Uh, <laughs> um, but anyway, let's take a look here. I'm gonna, I've got three things just to say about what comes before what we're going to talk about today. Um, and they're all about, you know, start off and say the kingdom of God is like, and then he tells a story. 
Um, so in, in uh, chapter 24 of Matthew, uh, we just get this, um, the message here. Let me kind of make my way back here. Um, starting off of verse 36. Um, and all before this, in chapter 24, it's all about Jesus and his return, right? But now he's going to talk about, starting in 24, verse 36, how to be watchful in looking for his return. Okay, so the, before this in chapter 24, it's all just about the fact of his return. And, uh, uh, but now, the, one of his main points here in verses th- in, uh, 24, 36 to 44 is this, to wait for Jesus' return and don't be surprised by it. Right? To be ready. And as you look through, um, you know, he, 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 he even mentions here, uh, I'll just read verse 36 and 37, it says, but concerning that day, this is 24, 36, and 37, but concerning that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. For as, uh, as were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day when Noah entered the ark. And they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. I find this interesting because I think what he's trying to get at is that, you know, um, yes, there's, uh, you know, as it comes closer to the time of Christ's return, the wars and rumors of wars, yes, but in a sense, we've kind of had a lot of that always, right? There's a sense there's always been wars and rumors of wars. But I think in saying that, it would be like, he's going to say it's going to be like in the days of Noah where people were marrying, you know, they were graduating, they were moving on to college. You know, the idea is that things are kind of, they're normally going about their business, right? And so, um, and then he says, um, Verse 40 of chapter 24, the two, then two men will be in a field. One will be taken, one will be left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken, one will be left. Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. And again, so just this section here, and as you go through verse 44, there's other explanations uh, or just re- reiterations of don't be surprised, be ready. Okay? Uh, it's going to be at a time you do not expect. Then in the next section, in verses 45 to 51 of chapter 24, um, kind of the main idea there is to wait for Jesus' return. Sorry, it's kind of run together there. Uh, Jesus' return, knowing you will have to give an account for your service to God. Knowing you'll have to give an account for your service to God. Um, Again, that starts in verse 45. It says, who then is the faithful and wise servant whom his master has set over his household to give them their food at their proper time? Blessed is the servant whom his master will find doing so when he comes. Truly I say to you, he will set him over all his possessions. And it goes on. Um, and so that's just the, the, the idea that we're going to have to give an account. And then in the third section here, um, and this would be the parable of the ten virgins, there, starting in chapter 25, the idea here is to wait for Jesus' return, knowing Jesus' return could be a long time. Could be a long time. And, um, you know, and so uh, the, the, uh, some people had enough oil to last a long time in their lamps, as you recall in that parable of the ten virgins, and some didn't. 
And so I think the idea is, is again, um, there's in a, there is a sense, and the Bible you know, expresses it, that the return of Christ is imminent. But there is a sense in which it could be a long time. Um, and in fact, okay, did I bring this out with me? Maybe I did, maybe I didn't. No, oh well, that's okay. Um, all right, so, so these three things, that three ideas told in stories come before this are, again, a series of parables, all focusing in on how we should be preparing ourselves for the return of Christ, okay, for, uh, for our, our master to come back. All right, so let's, let's get into our passage for today that we're going to look into more deeply here. Uh, so we're just entitling this, How to Wait for Jesus' Return, Matthew 25, 14 to 23. Um, would you, if you're able to, would you stand for the reading of the Word of God with me? And uh, today, I'll just read it aloud myself. Um, and so I'll, I'll read here, Matthew 25, 14 to 30. For it will be like a man, for, now you have to know us, like he says, for what? For what will be like? The kingdom of heaven will be like this, okay? For it will be like a man going on a journey, who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went away and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also, who had the two talents, came forward, saying, Master, You delivered to me two talents. Here I have made two talents more. And his master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also who had received the one talent came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and had I, and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and at coming, my coming I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the ten talents. Or to everyone who will who has will be given will more be given and he will have an abundance but from the one who has not even what he has will be taken away and cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness in that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth this is the word of god please have a seat so this is a um, probably a fairly well-known parable story that Jesus told, again, in this series of parables. Now, um, I'm going to mention this now, but it's interesting to note that right after this is uh, when Jesus 
So if you look in, if you look at the headings, if you want to go by those in your 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 uh, Bible in, in chapter twenty five, right after the parable of the talents, mine says the final judgment. It talks about the separation of the sheep and the goats. So keep that in mind, especially with uh, the last uh, with what happens with this um, the uh, servant that had one talent. Okay, so um, what I want to take a look at is just um, I've got kind of three section headings here, and the first is this that. Um, the, the first two verses, right? The master leaves and he gives his servants stewardship over his assets or over his property, it says, right? That's ex- exactly what it says. It says, for it, will be, um, for it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. Um, and so, you know, here what we have is, uh, this is, this is, to me it's apparent, this is the Lord Jesus, he's gone off to be with the Father, right? God's entrusted to us. Um, what does he mean by his property or his assets? Well, if we remember the, the, the truth that God owns it all, <laughs> okay, uh, that might put some perspective on it, right? So God made you. Uh, he made everything about you, your skills, your personality, um, the pro- any property that you own, he's given you the ability to make wealth and purchase that, right? And so really, uh, everything we have is God's, and that is a biblical view of, of stewardship, right? Everything we have. The money in our bank account, the stuff that we have, um, even how God made us, our gifts, our spiritual gifts that he's given every believer, our abilities and skills that he's given us naturally, um, they're all, in a sense, his. Um, if you're reminded here of, of Romans chapter 11, verse 36, kind of dials us into this idea, this truth. For from him and through him and to him are all things. That kind of puts it all in a nutshell. It's all for the Lord, right? Uh, it all comes from him. And, right, and it says, and from him and through him and to him are all things. It's it's all for him, right? And that is what I encourage you this morning. Have you really thought of everything that you have, all that you are, is from God? Because that, um, if you can make that shift in your thinking to that truth, it's really going to help you um, follow Jesus. Because then you realize it's all the Lord's. I don't have to hold tightly to this stuff of this world. These are tools, right? Money is a tool to be used. Yes, it meets our needs for, to live, but also it's a tool to be used, right? To serve God, to serve other people, to meet needs, right? And so I, I just think this is a wonderful verse that it just reminds us, to Him be the glory forever. It's all for Him. And so I just think that I regularly need an attitude adjustment to be reminded of this truth, right? Um, is that, you know, everything uh, that we have, all of his, if you can say it, assets, you know, his property, like he's put us in charge of. Um, it's all his, and it's for him. And then take a look here at 1 Corinthians 4, 7. It says, for uh, who sees anything different in you? What do you have that you did not receive? If then you received it, why do you boast as if it 
you did not receive it. And, and the aspect of this verse that I really want to just mention is that, you know, what do we have that we didn't get from God? Right? What do we have that we didn't get? Nothing. <laughs> right? It's a rhetorical question. There's nothing. And so everything we have, God's, you know, the Lord's gone away, right, for a long time, and he's said, you are going to be stewards of all the stuff that I have and that I've given in you in charge of, okay? Um, now, when you think back to those verses, those first two verses in chapter 25, right, in this parable that we're focusing in on, what does he say? He says, um, uh, to one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. To each according to his ability. And, you know, I think this is the saying, we don't, we don't all have the same stuff. We don't all have the same personality. We don't all have the same spiritual gifts. We don't all have the same amount of money in the bank account. You know, and it's, it's just not meant to be that way because we're not, we're not all made the same. Okay? Um, and I think it's just important to realize this. You know, I don't have to worry about what um, Andrea has or Chris has uh, or Chris has, the other Chris. I mean, God's t- not told me to worry about what they have. I need to take, I'm to take stewardship of what I have, what God has put in my charge, and so you too. Right? I mean, I think we realize this, is that, you know, I think it helps, can help with contentment. We recognize that, no, this was God's decision. And I'm not saying, and that doesn't mean that uh, God doesn't want us to try to improve our lives, right? To try to, um, you know, uh, you know, if you're if you're in the business world, to to want to get a promotion and make more money. It's, it's not saying that God doesn't want you to do any of that, but just saying that you know wherever you are currently, just to see is that what you have there, God's put you in charge of all that stuff, and your gifts and abilities, and he's and he's saying it's according to how I've made you. And so, you know, we should be okay with that because he's God, right? So uh, that's just a good, I think, a good reminder for us. So, so the master leaves and gives his servant uh, stewardship over his property or assets. And the very, the very last word there is says, then he went away. You know, and and uh, the Lord's, um, Lord Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. And he's, he, he, he's, um, He's coming back, you know, and, and that's what this whole series of parables is about, is he's going to return. And, um, and, and as we see in the next section here, too, just to, what the servants did with their master's assets here in these next few verses. Let me just remind you what the verses say. Um, he who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. Um, you know, I, I, I'm remiss, and, and I forgot to mention, you know, okay, um, a talent is a, is a measure of weight, okay? Is a, it is a measure of weight, and, and, a lot, and most people kind of think of this as, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a weight, uh, it might be weighing money, right? And, and if you look in the NIV, um, it'll, it'll say it's like the talents of bags of gold or something like that, I think is the heading. So... Um, most people look at this and say it's you know being responsible with money, but I do think that when it says each according to his own abilities, there 
is really saying too that um, with what God has given us and how he's made us, we're supposed to just, those, those, it, that doesn't have to be just ex- exclusive to just money, okay? So I, I, didn't, I, I forgot to mention that, you know, what is a talent? You know, a Greek word talent, talenton is the word, okay? And um, if, you, if, it, if you're weighing money, um, it could be up to 20 years wages. I mean, that's a lot of money, right? Just think about what you would learn or earn over 20 years. I mean, this is a it's very, it's a lot of stuff, right? And a, a lot of money. You know, think of it in, in millions, okay? Think of it that way. Um, uh, so, so uh, anyway, so let's, let's see what, so the one, the one person here with the five talents is went at once and traded with them, and then he made five talents more. So also who had the two talents made two talents more, verse 18, but he who had received the one talent went and dug, it, dug in the ground um, and hid his master's money. So I, I just think it's, it's really interesting that the, the two people here that the Lord entrusted with, you know, the five and the two, that did something with it, right? Uh, they worked with it. They multiplied it. They were productive with the master's assets. And that's the way I think we need to think about it. Am I being productive with what God has given me? Am I, am I looking to uh, impact the kingdom, with what he's given me, and that, that's what I think is being productive with this, with uh, the with the uh, the Lord's assets that He's put us in charge of. But isn't it interesting that it says that um, he went at once and traded? It's like he got right to work, right? That one that had five, and then it says you, the implication there is that the one that got the two kind of did likewise, right? But they both got to work. And if there's one thing that you could take away from today. Um, it would be for sure that God wants us to get to work. <laughs> okay? I mean, we could probably just say amen right now. All right? Uh, is this that, right? God's got stuff for us to do, and he wants us to use the stuff he's given us, uh, physical things, spiritual assets that he's given us, uh, our, our skills, our abilities, and to get to work to use it for his kingdom. Okay? That's what he wants us to do. And not to just sit there and do nothing with it, right? Because that's what the third person did. The one with one talent just went and dug it in the ground. He didn't do anything with the assets that he was given. In Titus chapter 2, verse 14, it says, who gave himself for us, meaning Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession, listen, who are zealous for good works. Who are zealous for good works. Uh, that's quite a description. Right? It's one thing to do good works, but zealous. Now, sometimes I'm zealous, sometimes I'm not. How about you? <laughs> okay? I mean, that's just being real, right? Um, and, you know, that's part of being human, but I say, you know, let's pray that God make us more zealous than not for good works, right? To, to, to do things in his name that impact people for the kingdom of God. Because that's what matters. That's what matters, okay? Um, you know, so that when we look at this verse here, that, you know, that Jesus redeemed us, right? And he purified us for himself, a people for his own possession. Did you get that? We're his. Again, 
this is at a critical perspective. Right? When, you're, when you put your faith in Christ, you're not your own. You're not your own. You're, you belong to the Lord. Okay? He purchased you with his blood. And so it's a, a Christian that wants to do the will of the Lord is not going to say, I'm going to do whatever I want. Right? It's going to say, I'm going to do whatever the Lord wants because I'm his. Okay? And that's, I mean, that's just a whole, I, I feel like this parable is just saying, challenging us to have the right outlook. He's really just saying, you know, we've got to get our eyes off ourselves and get our eyes on the kingdom and that we would use the things that the Lord has given us. Use, um, use our cars, use our time, use our um, skills, you know, for the kingdom, right? For, for you know, and, and to have, for the kingdom could mean lots of things, right? But it ultimately impacts people somehow, right? Because people need the Lord. Have you read the paper lately? Have you read your Apple News feed lately? Okay, most people don't even get a paper anymore. Okay, but I'm just saying, you know, people need the Lord. We all need the Lord. And we know that. We should, right? If you're a believer, you know, you know that you need Jesus, right? Not only, not only just to save you from your sins, which is huge, but also just day in, day out. We need the Lord, right? And so... Um, we need to point people to Jesus, and we need to use God's stuff to do that, right? All right, so, um, so we have this third servant that just doesn't do anything. He's the lazy servant. He's just kind of like, you know, sitting around. Uh, and you just kind of wonder, what, he, what did he do with all of his time? It certainly wasn't kingdom-focused living, right? Because he didn't, he, didn't, he didn't do anything. He just dug a, a hole in the ground. And then we get to this last, which is the longest section here, the return of the master and settling of accounts. Verses 19 to 30. And it starts off like this. Now a long time, after a long time. Now this kind of links back to previous parables, doesn't it? I mean, this is how a lot of times the, par- the series of parables will work. Um, the parable of the ten virgins was emphasizing it could be a long time, you know. Uh, and so he's, in, I just think this is fascinating that he says, now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five more talents, saying, Master, you delivered to me the five talents. Here I give, here I have made five talents more. And his master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And uh, he gives the same praise for the one who invested the two talents and got two talents more, right? He did, that's the same response. But let's look at the response there, what the master says. Well done, good and faithful servant. Right? And that's what everyone's going to hear who takes this challenge seriously that God wants us to use his stuff for his glory and to further his kingdom, to expand uh, where his kingdom is influencing. Right? What is it to mean to be a part of the kingdom of God? It, means, it basically means that you're under the ruler, rule and reign of Christ. Okay? And, so, and so right now, that kingdom is operating in our hearts and in our lives, right? And one day, that will be manifested more physically right? when the Lord comes back. 
Uh, but now that's where he's ruling and reigning in the hearts of his people. And so we want that kingdom to expand by more people coming to know Jesus and experiencing his love and forgiveness. And so these individuals were being praised for being faithful, right? Um, that's exactly what he says. Well done, good and faithful servant. I don't know if you remember this. I, I said this a few weeks ago, but I said I really think, just an opinion, that the, the big challenge for the, the church at large today is to be faithful, is to be faithful to the Word of God, to be faithful to what it says, to, to not give in to cultural pressures, whatever they may be, um, however they may differ from what God's Word says. And so, uh, and that's, I still believe that's true, um, but we also need to make sure we're individually faithful, right? Faithful with what God has given us. You know, think about what you have. Think about your skills and abilities, your gifts, your personality, right? Um, some of you have, you know, you have in, uh, most of you have influence over someone or maybe multiple people. Are you using that influence for God's glory, right? Are you using that influence for His glory? I don't mean like, you know, a lot of people when they hear influence, you know, they think of a negative side of that, which is, you know, um, abuse of power, which does happen, right? But if you are in a position of influence in some way, seek God to see how you might use it for His glory, right? Because God's put you there, right? And there's a stewardship there, right? Some of you are teachers, some of you are, um, you know, you're in business and you're over other people, right? And, and so you have an influence um, and see how He might want to use you there. So He says, well done, good and faithful servant, you've been faithful and over little. And the next phrase gives us a little glimpse into the eternal kingdom here. Isn't this interesting how he says, um, you've been faithful over little, I will set you over much. Now, didn't we just say that like five talents here is a lot of money? And God says, ah, oh, that's little stuff, man. That's little. We get to the kingdom, I'm going to put you in charge of some big stuff, which, which is really fascinating to me too, because like, you know, this totally blows away a lot of people's images of heaven, you know, harps on clouds, you know. No, 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 no. We're going to have stuff to do. We're going to have jobs, but we're going to love doing it, okay? <laughs> Enter into the joy of your master, right? And so, so just think about that. God's saying, listen, uh, to the degree that you're faithful here, I'll put you in charge of things there, right, in, in the kingdom of God. And so um, that just puts a little glimpse into the kingdom of heaven, right, that... that uh, I just wonder, you know, I wonder what Nick's going to be doing, you know, uh, or Cindy, you know, or Ed. I mean, just kind of wonder what, 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 what God's got for us, right? I just, I don't know. I mean, I don't know, but just kind of knowing that he's going to have stuff for us to do. And um, it, it just makes me want to be committed to trying to be more faithful, right? Because then he says, enter, you know, he's, he's saying there, um, I will set you over much. And again, he says the same to the one who has two talents. Um, but then he says uh, in verse 24, I, he also who had received the one talent came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where 
you scattered no seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you, you have what is yours. So he's excuse-making. Okay, for one thing, he's excuse-making. He's saying, well I, well, I was afraid. You know, afraid like if I invest it and I lose it, then, um, you know, then, then you'd be mad. Or, I, I don't know, I'm just afraid, right? Uh, and then it's interesting to note, uh, this verse 26, but his master answered, you wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have scattered no seed? It's question mark here, right? And, um, and, and then it says, then you, if, if that's what you thought, so he's saying, if that's what you thought, then you ought to have invested the money with the bankers, like where it's going to be safe, okay? And you could have earned interest. Uh, so it's, it's almost like he's saying your excuse doesn't really hold because if you were really that afraid and wanted to do something with it, you could, it could have been safe in the bank. Okay? But I think the real issue here is, and as we see how he's dealt with it, it says, so take the talent from him and give it to him, to him who has ten talents. For everyone who, will, who has will more be given and he will have an abundance, but from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Cast the worthless servant into outer darkness and in that place where there were weeping and gnashing of teeth. And I think the issue here is that this person uh, is a person who didn't really know the master, okay? And, and, and the reason, I say that for a number of reasons. One is just that where he ends up here, place of outer darkness, that weeping and gnashing of teeth, that's a typical description of hell in plenty of other places in Scripture. So uh, we know he's not a true believer, but he may be, this person may be uh, what I'll call um, a professing believer, okay? Professing meaning they say they are, but their deeds and how they're living speak a totally different story, okay? Um, and we know there is such a thing as this. Um, uh, let me, let me, let me um, yeah, I'll go here, to, I'll go to this one first. So the Matthew 7, 21 and 22 says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord. That's like a professing believer. Somebody is professing something. They're saying something with their mouth. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. The one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? You know, so I think the idea is that, okay, there's not a problem with people saying that they're believers, but some who do say that actually aren't. Okay, and some of that won't be, I mean, well, ultimately that won't be sorted out to the end. Right? So when you get to the parable of the sheep and the goats, which comes right after this, that's why I think that God's going to be, he'll take care of that. Okay? But I think it's a good uh, challenge and maybe warning to us to say, you know, I need to get to work. Not that we work our way to heaven, right? James, the book of James is, is a good expression of saying, reminding us that faith without works is dead, right? And, uh, you know, if I have true faith, uh, life-transforming faith in the Holy Spirit's living in me, it's going to, to result in uh, works and, and things that, you know, there'll be some evidence there to show that I'm a true believer. And this person, uh, that's why I think this person here is someone who... Who is, who's just a professing believer who, who really isn't, okay? And so um, it's sad. And, um, you know, I, I think that, 
this is where we need each other. Okay, we need each other to challenge each other, right? Um, and, and to, um, you know, this is why I, I uh, you know, we need to not be so quick to just baptize people, right? Um, uh, too, because I think we want to see, like, is there some evidence that Christ is in their life, right? Um, but, but it is scary too, right? Uh, it's it's a good it's it's this is a good fear. Um, but to say if I'm somebody's just sitting around and I don't care about being involved in any kingdom business or using anything that I have or any gifts or skills for God, that's problematic. That's very problematic. That's that's that is uh, an issue. Um, I want to go back to this one verse that I, I sped past here, First Corinthians three eight. It says, he who plants and he who waters are one, but each will receive his wages according to his labor. Um, and, and this is what I, you know, it didn't really matter how much, whether the, you had the five or the two or the one talent. The amount doesn't matter, right? It's like we receive our wage according to our labor. That's what he's saying. It's like, what, what did I do with it? Right? And so, and so our, as believers... We know we, we uh, are not going to be uh, judged regarding heaven or hell. That's been decided at the cross if we put our faith in Christ as believers, right? But um, our deeds will be uh, weighed out, like for reward's sake, right? And uh, Paul uses um, the image of imagery of uh, wood, hay, and stubble, and um, and like these heavy metals, like gold and silver, right? And when the fire comes, uh, symbolizing God's you know, sorting out the, the good from the bad deeds and what's done in his name, and what's left is going to be the, the pure stuff, right? The stuff that was done in his name for his glory. And so uh, we'll be rewarded for that, okay? Um, which is amazing. And so I think the issue here, is, again, is not how much we've been given to steward, it's what are we doing with it. Each one will receive his wages according to his labor. Um, and I, in the context here, you know, um, Paul's talking about, you know, within the church there in Corinth, he's just talking about some people were kind of aligning themselves with certain teachers in the church. I am a Paul, I'm of Apollos, you know, I'm lining up with this guy and that guy. I like his teaching better than his. You know, who's teaching this Sunday? Is it Paul or Apollos? If it's Apollos, I'm coming. If it's Paul, I'm not, you know. Um, and... Uh, when I, when, I, when I went to the Vineyard Leadership Institute, I, somebody told me there that somebody would always call in and ask, like, who's teaching this Sunday? Because they want to know whether they want to come or not. Like, that's a problem, isn't it? I mean, that's, you know, if Rich Nathan's preaching, I'm there. If he's not, I'm not coming, you know? Okay, well, are you, you're not there really for God, are you, right? Because uh, it's the word of God's getting delivered supposedly no matter what, right? But uh, so he who plants, he who waters are one. And, and that's, we should need to hang on to that because, you know, the, the, the planting and the watering and the harvesting, uh, you, you know, for, for whatever reason, we, we, we don't know. God uses the different parts of the process of, of um, helping people come to know Christ, right? Um, you know, you may, have, you may share the gospel with somebody or love on somebody, and then, and then, but you don't see uh, visually anything um, taking root there spiritually. But maybe, you know, 10 years down the line, five years down the line, somebody else God uses, and they're doing some watering on those seeds that were planted, and something's starting to happen, right? But maybe they don't actually see the fruit even 
right? They did the watering. And so, you know, what I'm, so what I'm saying is that um, we cannot fixate on, on uh, like results, but we need, do need to fixate and focus in on being faithful, okay? We need to be faithful with, uh, you know, getting the gospel message out there, loving people in Jesus' name, serving them, and, 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 and we want to get the gospel out there in word and deed. I think, that's, I think both are important because we do see that God wants us to do good works in his name. And, but we also need to deliver the message because you can, you know, um, you can feed people, which is great, and you can clothe people, which is important, but you know, they need to know how to have a relationship with God because that lasts forever, right? And, and, I, and I don't think the one is not dependent on the other. You know, you shouldn't ever say, well, I'll, I'll give you a clothes if you'll let me share the gospel with you. No, that's not how, not, it should be that way, okay? It should be, you know, here's this, could I just share something with you, if, if, you know, about God, you know I mean? And you just go with it, you know? And I, so I, I just think that um, he who plants, we got to get this in right, he who plants and he who waters are one, each will receive his wages according to his labor. The question is, are you working? Are we getting to work? Are we working for advancing the kingdom? Are we working the field that we've been given? Working the field that we've been given. I think this is important. Um, you know, because you think about it. where God has you is by design. There are no accidents here. Uh, the book of Acts, I think it's chapter 17, mentions this fact that, you know, the very times and places, you know, the fact that we're living, you're here in 2022, um, living in this area in Columbus, it's not an accident. Okay? Uh, that, just, that just kind of blows my mind, right? I mean, why wasn't I born back, you know, when they were building the aqueducts? I don't know. I mean, in Rome. I mean, I, I'm glad I'm not. <laughs> but, I mean, what was the internet like back then, you know? <laughs> can in a string <laughs> smoke <laughs> uh, I don't know just so so just the but think about that right and to me that's encouraging that you know when you walk out that door today and wherever you're going to go God has ordained where you're going to be and the people you're going to see and the people in your family I know this is hard Thanksgiving is coming up some people have a hard it's the hardest time of the year for some of them for their family you know because you know um it, some, some family dynamics, you know, they're all thrust together at Thanksgiving time. But yes, the Lord has ordained that you all are in the same family. Right? And that's for a reason. That's for kingdom purposes and, and all that. So that, you know, that, I hope that gives you hope. I mean, that, I don't feel pressure when I, when I think about that. I think that gives me hope because I know God's in charge, right? And no matter how hard maybe the situation looks, um, you know, we don't know what's going on in the heavenlies, but we can be praying, Lord, use me, help me to know what it means to be faithful right now in my situation. What does it look like, God, to get to work right here for you? Right? And those are the things we need to be asking. I can't answer that for you. You need to get on your knees and ask the Lord, how can I, in word and deed, be a spiritual presence right here in this person's life or in this family's life or in my co-worker's life or in my boss's life, whatever it might be. Okay? But make no mistake, 
Jesus is telling these people, get to work. Get to work. Be faithful, all right? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, um, thank you that what you call us to do, you resource us to do. You've not called us to get to work and not given us the power to do it. Uh, you've given us your Holy Spirit. You've given us various gifts and abilities. Um, and, and we're not all the same. And thank God we're not all the same because different people need different types of giftings and personalities to reach them and to meet needs in their lives. Father, help us. Help us to be faithful with what you've given us with the property, physical property, with the spiritual assets you've given every believer, God. We want to be faithful. We want to get to work in Jesus' name. And Father, we know that we can't do it apart from you. So help us, Lord, to know uh, that our efforts are not in vain when done in your name and for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.